Life Audio. Although most of us are aware of the absolute destruction that comes from drug abuse and addiction, many of us don't exactly know how to view that and to find a path forward from a biblical perspective. We seek to view the world through a biblical lens, to have a biblical worldview. We talk about that often on this show. But when it comes to areas like addiction, whether it's addiction to a substance, perhaps it's addictive behavior, something like pornography or other addictive, destructive behaviors. How do we view those accurately from a biblical perspective? And then how do we chart a course forward (laughs) from a biblical perspective? What does the Bible have to say? And how do we latch on to that? How do we find the hope in what can be so hopeless? There is hope. That's the beginning of a great message. There is hope. Regardless of where you find yourself or where a loved one may find find themselves, there is hope. The Bible has a lot to say. And there is a path forward when we begin to understand God's plan for our lives. And we're going to talk about that and so much more. There's so much we're going to jump into in just a minute. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very, very glad to have you joining me for what I believe is a special episode of the March or Die show. In fact, this is going to be kind of a part one and then we'll do a few other things and then a part two later on. We've already scheduled part two. I just didn't get to everything I wanted to talk to today, uh, talk about today. But uh, very grateful for my guest today who is someone I've gotten to know over the last couple of months. I've actually spent some time on his podcast and uh, we'll talk about that throughout this interview as well. But we're going to talk about addiction specifically. And this is, uh, man, this is an area that touches all of our lives to one degree or another, some very personally. In fact, you may be listening to this or watching this video and you are personally dealing with addiction. Uh, This is an episode you need to hear. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's someone in your church or uh, someone you're loosely connected to. In the United States, we are all somehow connected to this issue of addiction. In fact, one of the major killers in the United States for specific demographics, and it's it's huge across demographics, uh, but some of the demographics in our country, uh, drug abuse is the number one killer. We see this destroying families if it's not taking lives. We see it stealing purpose and direction. Addressing this is absolutely essential, and I am thankful that there are some real people doing real work and doing it from a biblical perspective, asking the question, what does the Bible have to say about this, and how can we move forward? Uh, understanding what God says, what God desires, taking the tools we need to get that done, and move forward in a great way, seeing addiction overcome, the, the slavery, the bondage of that addiction broken, families and relationships put back together. There's so much hope, and, and this conversation is just the beginning of understanding that. Very grateful to have on with me today. 
Adam Comer. Uh, Adam is the executive director of S2L Recovery in Middle Tennessee. He's going to talk about that a little bit. I would encourage you to go and check out their website, s2lrecovery.org. You can learn more about him and the work that they do. He has a, a great podcast, Life After Addiction, also found on Life Audio, which is where this podcast is found. And uh, man, one of the things I appreciate about him and his team is that they do understand the Bible. They understand what the Bible says about this and their desire in dealing with addiction and recovery is to help men and women get back to the place where they can truly live the life they were created by God to live. Uh, So many great truths in this episode you are about to hear. This is absolutely an episode that you not only want to listen to, but that you want to share with other people in your life. And uh, I know that it will be a help and a blessing to you. Without further ado, my conversation with Adam Comer. Adam, thank you for joining me. Really, really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, man, Jeremy, thank you so much. This is a, an honor of mine, and I appreciate uh, what you do, and uh, even even coming and talking on our podcast. Yeah. I mean, it was, had a very good um, response to that, so thank you. It's, uh, it's funny. You go through life, and you meet a lot of people, and I think the work you do, the work I do, we meet a lot of people, right? But yeah. Every once in a while, you meet somebody you like connect to on so many levels, like not only just professionally the work that we do, but I think our our view of the world and our our biblical worldview that informs how we do what we do, what we believe it's so in line that uh, it's it's been it's been really awesome to get to know you and I'm really thankful that we can have this conversation. So when I was on your show, we talked about veterans a lot and post traumatic stress and trauma um, and, and I mentioned at that time that one of the things a lot of veterans deal with is addiction. And this is not a secret. Everyone knows this. It it seems that coming out of trauma, whatever that trauma is, maybe it's related to something in your life, your childhood that you bring into adulthood. In my world, a lot of it is combat trauma or for our first responders, stuff they're dealing with, you know, every day. Um, There are responses to that. And some of the responses are good responses. A lot of them are negative responses. A lot of it is, I don't know what to do with what I'm feeling. I don't know how to interact with people. And so I self-medicate and that can become a downhill spiral of addiction. And this is what you deal with uh, professionally. Um, You got an incredible program, but you've dealt with this personally. And this is, again, something that you and I talked about when we're dealing with the people we're dealing with, trying to help the folks that we're trying to help coming at it from the position of, I know where you've been because I've been there, that makes all the difference in the world. And so I'd love to start there. Uh, just, just tell us your story. You're, now you're a pastor. You run yeah. uh, you know, a, an incredible program. You're doing a lot of great work. But there was a path that brought you here. Let's talk about your story a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I told my wife, uh, who, a high school sweetheart, my wife, way back when uh, that – We'd been millionaires by the time we were 30, uh, <laughs> and she believed me. But no, yeah. that, that, that wasn't the case. That was just yeah. kind of – that just should have let her in on and let me in on where my mind was. But, yeah, man, I, I just a quick flyby. I I grew up uh, without any major trauma or drama that I can believe is there or know is there. Nothing's mm. ever come up. Um, I was pretty popular in school, played sports, uh, was decent. Uh, dad's the coach, you know, very strict. And he, he was a coach, wasn't my coach, but I mean, just grew up playing, yeah. playing sports. And, um, yeah. And then I, if I, I look back and I can kind of see that I was always really good at putting mask on, 
you know, how high school can kind of be clicky and you have this group and this group and this group. And I was really received by all because I could be all thing. I could be right. what they needed me to be. And, right. and I needed I needed to be accepted, I guess, is what it was. Uh, went off to college, man, and just went wild. Uh, really started partying and uh, just just turned away from things that I knew uh, were right and righteous. Uh, and started seeking worldly things with women and uh, alcohol and parties and still wanting that to be liked. And so I was really just partying. And around that time, Hurricane Katrina hit um, in New Orleans. Yep. And knew some people going down there to, to work. It wasn't like a service thing. I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to – don't pat me on the back. I was going down there to make money. Yeah. Um, and while there, I got injured, injured my back uh, from a roof. Uh, I got an injury working on a roof. And never went to the doctor, but I was I – was, uh, I found some pretty powerful prescription pain medication. And, man, the moment I took that, something in me clicked, and I knew. I was like, okay, that's, uh, that's what I've been missing. That's, mm. that's what I've been chasing. That's, that's mm. the feeling – uh, that I've been looking for my whole life. Yeah. And, um, man, that just let that it started spiraling pretty quick. Uh, I started to do things because I never went to the doctor. Um, but even if I did at one point, I was taking so much, I would have to, you know, buy and steal and things like that. Uh, anyways. And so it just progressively got worse and worse. I moved back, uh, home from new Orleans after a year or so, uh, started dating my high school sweetheart. She had no idea. She was a pastor's kid, and hmm. and typically we call them PKs, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Typically, there's there's two types of PKs. There's a really good type, <laughs> really goody two shoes, and then there's a really yeah. rebellious type. And yeah. My wife was a really good goody two shoes. She didn't know the evils of the world right. at all until I introduced her to them, unfortunately. Yeah. And so she was easy to manipulate. Didn't know anything about drugs. Didn't just wanted to believe my lies, right? Uh, and so we got married. I actually, <laughs> I proposed to her on a kiss cam at a UT, a Tennessee basketball <laughs> uh, game. Uh, and it was right around the time. I don't know if you remember this, the, the real man of genius commercials, <laughs> which might be triggering. But, yeah. Yeah. But one came it's out a little triggering. That, yes. Yeah. <laughs> one, came, one came out at that time. It's like, here's to you, Mr. Kiss cam proposal guy. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Here's you got the three things in life. You love the most your girl, your team and all the attention. And That's so funny. my friends yeah. made fun of me. <laughs> for that one. Uh, but she said, yes, uh, we got married all while living the secret life of getting high and paychecks started to get smaller and smaller. And she didn't know why. And um, I was very secretive with my phone. I'd go away and, and do these things. And my wife thought I was um, uh, having an affair. And, mm. and, and honestly, I was with drugs. Yep. Uh, so you eventually confronted me with that. Uh, and that kind of broke my heart that she would think I was having an affair, but it led me to go into um, rehab and the path that that we knew, and the only path that we, you know, that's easily you could find is a really secular path, uh, one that talks about um, your identity is as an addict or an alcoholic, and twelve steps. And man, my wife was there every time the door was open. She mm. was there for therapy and really supportive, and um, none of those ever took. Um, and, and it really was not a lot of hope inside of that. If I, as I would just go to these meetings, a lot of times leaving these AA or NA meetings, wanting to use more and things than I did when I came. Wow. Uh, but I just, they just never took. And so eventually my wife, she's like, I'm just done. And she separated from me. Only woman I ever loved left me. Uh, I was kicked out of everywhere I could go. Um, had no, nothing. I've lost everything. I, you know, 
the activities I was doing had the law coming for me. And so I just kind of Googled. My, my parents had me in church early on, so hmm. I knew that this type of recovery wasn't for me. And so I just Googled, is there such thing as a Christian addiction recovery? And um, a place called S2L Recovery in yep. Middle Tennessee came up. And so I found my way there, um, obviously with help of family um, that still uh, didn't want to give up on me yet. And the message that I heard at S2L was radically different. Uh, it was saying things like, hey, don't, don't call yourself that. Your, your identity is very important, Adam. Um, matter of fact, if you're in Christ, if you're born again, the Bible, the Bible says that you're a new creation. Mm. The Bible says that you're a saint, and mm. the old has passed away, and the new has come. And, and immediately that was hope. Uh, and I just started diving in. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how long the story you want to go. Yeah, I'm no, it was, it's great. Um, just starting to have hope and, and wanting to know more. And, and I heard stories like uh, Gideon in the book of Judges. And, again, this, the warrior class I told you on our podcast, man, that's, that's something that really I have a special place in my heart for our warriors. Uh, and when God looked at Gideon, he called him a mighty man of valor. Yeah. The very first meeting he had with him, and yeah. I was like, yeah, I was fired up, man. <laughs> I was like, that's some, that's some Marine stuff right yeah. there, man. That's yeah. some, okay. And, but then as you read the story, you find out that Gideon, at the time of God calling him this, Gideon was like the least of the least of the least. He was, he was hiding in a pit when he was yeah. found. Yeah. And so it kind of clicked with me that God didn't see Gideon as Gideon saw himself or the world saw Gideon. God saw Gideon as what God was going to do through Gideon. Mm. And if you read that chapter six of Judges, it's an epic battle scene. Yep. And I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. It was bumpy to get there. Yeah. But God used Gideon to be a mighty man of valor later to become a judge, a, a king, a, a king like. Um, and so things like that, I was like, okay. And I just, I had a new identity. I, I knew who I was in Christ. At the end of that time, they asked me to intern at S2L. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I feel kind of led. I have some leadership skills through sports. All while God was restoring my marriage, and my wife was two and a half hours away in East Tennessee, mm. uh, and they asked me, hey, can you come on uh, staff here, and we're going to pay you $50 a week, um, and <laughs> I gave them the church answer. I was like, hey, let me pray about it with my yeah. wife. Yeah. Uh, so I called my wife, who's still, you know, my family's in East Tennessee, her family. Any opportunity for any kind of career was, was not in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. And I said, Katie, I told them that we'd pray about it. Obviously, it's not realistic, but let's pray about it three days on the second day of praying my wife um her boss comes to her offers her a potential promotion if she's willing to move to middle tennessee no kidding <laughs> yeah. wow no saying, way okay, god why did we pray about that yeah what in the world like there's no 50 dollars a week and so uh just just serving uh every job at s2l i've done from toilet cleaning to cooking to teaching to coaching to mowing the yard to cleaning mm. out the gutters and then god just began to open doors over the last 10 years and and uh a few years ago uh i was voted by the board of directors to become the chief executive yep. officer um about five years ago and so yeah. it's just been crazy and ever since and things have radically changed we went from four or five staff members now we have over 34 staff members my marriage is better than it's ever been uh we have two beautiful children and now my wife actually has a podcast that, that, yeah. that kind of encourages families and things well. like that what impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. 
The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Man, man, there's so much there. I, I've got several questions. Yeah. Several questions. <laughs> more on. than we can more than we can answer in the next couple minutes. And there's nothing off limits. Um, so my first question is this: Were you raised? You said your parents took you to church. Were you raised in church? I mean, was that your background? And if so, why did you either depart from that or just never accept it as you were growing up in it? Yeah, that, uh, that's a great question. And yeah, I did. I was. I was. Um, I went to church quite a bit. I was very social, and my parents had me in church. We went to a great church in East Tennessee. Um, they had a great sports program, too, so mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I, and I believed. I would say I would have said I was a believer. Uh, I definitely believed in God. Uh, I definitely believed in Jesus. Mm. Um, but what I found was that there's the demons believe, right, and they mm. shudder. So there's mm. a difference between – believing i always give this example i mean i believe that that chair is right there right yeah yeah great good job you believe in a fact okay you believe in god (laughs) man you want kudos but there's there's not as there's a salvation belief there's salvific belief um that that comes with a surrendering to his lordship and that's what i don't think that i i never experienced that until god wrecked me right until um I was crushed and that was the most beautiful moment because I saw the weight of my sin and I felt it and it wasn't anyone else's fault anymore. I wasn't blaming. I wasn't a victim. I wasn't this. uh, And it was beautiful and it was a process of sanctification. So the question, why would I uh, have that drink if my wife said one more drink and I'm gone? Better question. I mean, you hear stories in the news of people doing horrific things like kids in their cars, you know, leaving kids in their cars. Or, or even to, to, to me and to your listeners, man, I was a good person, right? I, mm. I felt like I was a good person. I had a good upbringing. I cared about people. But that drug, I did ridiculously things. I went further than I ever thought I would go, ever. And the reason I think it is, I mean, this is where it's going to be controversial, but I honestly, biblically, truth-wise, is, man, it was, it was idolatry. Mm. It was Adam was God. I was worshiping Adam as God. I never thought that ever. I never said that ever. But if you look at what I was doing, that's how you would explain it. Everything to please me, everything I wanted to do. I mean, idolatry is exchanging God's glory and his promises for bootleg cheap substitutes. God says, come to him with these things. He says, all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest for your soul. He says, um, do not be anxious about anything, and I'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding that guards your heart and your mind. He has these things, and they're real, but I was choosing bootleg pleasures that gave me temporary fixes. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's kind of harsh. Now, there is a reality. Um, someone who's ever struggled with chemical dependence or even, I think, pornography and things like that can relate. There is a desire that is real, and there's chemistry in the brain that is real, yeah of a desire that when it, it had its hooks in me and for something that big, it, I'm a big old boy and it controlled my life. 
And Amen. so, I mean, that desire is real, but the Word of God tells us in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, which is actually our curriculum. It's called Lost and Found, Recovering Christ. But it says in that scripture that we can escape the corruption that's in the world that comes through sinful desires. Mm. That's a mic drop. If I had this and just dropped it, I'd be done. Mm. Jeremy, good podcast. The Bible just says <laughs> we can escape those desires. And what I've learned, and then it gives seven things of growth. Of It says grow in these areas, love and brotherly affection. And, and it gives you practical ways of growing and drawing closer to stirring your affections for yep. God and allowing him to sanctify you. And you can move away from those desires. And now I'll tell you, 10 years, over 10 years, a decade later, it's true. It, it, I don't have those desires. I don't, I don't want to answer any problem that may come to me with, with uh, a chemical. That's not who I am. My DNA's changed. I've been crucified with Christ. Yeah. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And it's real. Yeah. It's, it's way better than the, the approach to me. And I don't want to get you in trouble. You know, <laughs> you're going to get some emails regardless, but, uh, <laughs> I don't want, I don't, it's way better than saying, Hey, I'm Adam, I'm an addict. Uh, and just for today, I'm not going to do this. Well, that man, that's, that's miserable. <laughs> that's a life yeah. of, of miserable misery. Yeah. And, and man, I, I, when God says that I'm a new creation, he gives me these tools. And, and not only that, he call, he gives me a ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. Like if you read Second Corinthians, the same verses that talks about if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. It goes and gives you purpose too. He's called you to this ministry and this message of reconciliation. Yeah, it's beautiful. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists. The way we measure time social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. That's, uh, man, what, a, what an incredible answer. And it's, it's interesting. I've read Romans 6 many, many times where it talks yeah. about when we are a slave to sin, when we're not a slave to sin. But understanding there are things that habits, as you mentioned, chemicals, other things that continue propelling us along the path of bad behavior, but we don't have to because we are a new creation in Christ. And, um, man, that changes everything because then we can change the behaviors that will help us to align with who God actually created us to be. Um, 
let me let me move on. Let me ask this question because this is this is something else we deal with a lot, and a lot of guys, particularly men listening, will will be able to connect to. Yeah, it's the question of, okay, I have started to make these changes. I've started to recover, if you will. I've understood who I am in Christ. I've accepted the gift of salvation. I've aligned my life to the life God created me to live. I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do. I'm taking the steps I'm supposed to take. But I wrecked my marriage so bad that my wife is really struggling to get on board with what I'm trying to do. And uh, I was having this conversation just yesterday with someone who said, I know I made a lot of mistakes. I know I got us into this mess, but I am really, really trying to get things moving forward again. And now my wife, who has been supportive, is really having a hard time uh, trusting me, coming alongside of me, and supporting me. How do you work through that as as a husband and if you have kids, as a father? In the process of growing yourself, how do you bring your family along? Yeah, that's a great question. And my answer would be march or die. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's a very common thing, right? Uh, Guys will go off the rehab for however long. Yeah. uh, But the chaos and the family, they're not getting therapy. They're not. There's there's stuff to fix the mess while you're off. And in their minds, a lot of times at summer camp, right? It's not that you're going to very deep and painful and hard things. But when you return, they haven't gone through those things. And um, I always encourage. my guys and myself, uh, a man who hides nothing has nothing to hide. Um, so therefore, you show grace. Uh, anytime there's a healing agent, whether whether there was an affair, whether there was alcohol or drug use, so, hey, are you all right? Can, will you take a drug screen? Don't get offended by that. Yeah. I'm hiding nothing. Yeah. Hey, can I see your phone? If, you, yeah. if, if there was some unfaithfulness, can I see? Absolutely. And don't get offended by that. Understand the reality, like I'm not a punching bag and I am a new creation, but that doesn't mean that that life didn't exist. And it doesn't mean yeah. that I didn't cause the chaos in yeah. this family. And so just being grace filled, the same grace that was given to us by our savior man, have for our families, pray for them, uh, encourage them to seek godly counsel, to, to, um, be around women or people in the family that have gone through these things because good advice isn't the same thing always as godly advice, right? Right, that's advice. right. Yeah. So make sure that if you're going to therapy that it's biblical, that it's, it's Christ-centered, yeah. it's Christian counseling, those kind of things. Uh, but get the help. Um, yeah. I think my wife would be able to answer that. She probably, I think I remember her talking about, you know, there's times that while they're away or, or uh, self-care, you know, go and do something for yourself. Yeah. Kind of come back to that basis. and, and um, But from the other end, yeah, just allow trust to be built again. It's not going to be there automatically. We've damaged things. Show grace. It doesn't mean you're a punching bag. You are truly a new creation. That's yep. your advice. Yeah. But know that it's going to take some time for healing to happen in your family. Yeah, that's good. A time component. I, I think we want to short circuit it because we make a decision, right? And it's like, it finally makes sense to me. Now everything's going to be better. And yeah. uh, everything is not better. And yeah. man, that process. Um, let me end with this question, the question of identity. You talked about finding our identity in Christ, and I talk about that all the time. I work it into just about every conversation I have, I think. Uh, define what you mean when you say finding your identity in Christ. I think some people struggle with that. And then understanding the definition, how do we truly embrace that identity? How do we find our identity in Christ? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, I want to make sure a, a part of the problem is – um, 
we, I try to fix everything. I'm going to, so even trying to dig and find, and I'm going to have this identity, I guess starting off it is, it's not something that I did to earn an identity in Christ. It's Mm. something that God did. Mm, That's good. Uh, I mean, matter of fact, like I was, I was damaged goods. You know, I was, um, I was a drug addict. I was a thief. I was a liar. I, I caused pain. So I was those things. And in spite of me, um, God entered into his own creation as the son Jesus, right? He split time. B.C. Yeah. became A.D. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he lived perfect for 33 and a half years, not, not one, one second of a sin. He, he did that. And then he willingly chose to go to the cross of Christ because of the, uh, the sin nature had to be atoned for. Like all of that addiction and thievery and lying and all of that stuff had to be atoned for. And so God's wrath was poured out on the son, Jesus and Jesus on the cross says, Ali, Ali, Lama Sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it was just moment of uh, the wrath of God being poured out on the son. And it should have been poured out on me. Hmm. And, and then he is buried and dead for three days. And he comes, he conquers the, the, the grave and sin and death and the Bible says that if, if we surrender, not like if we accept and like, oh, I believe, like I said earlier, like I believe in the chair, oh, you believe, yeah. good for you, man, that's a fact. <laughs> but if I surrender under the lordship of Jesus and believe that he died for me and rose from the grave, the Bible says that I am now a new creation mm. and I am a saint. Yeah. And so when you ask the question about identity, it's not that I earned it, but I see, and a part of this too, and we, we probably can do another episode on yeah. this, I'm sure a lot of your listeners, too, if they're like my, me and mine, and probably you as well, the hardest person on the planet to forgive was me, mm. right? Like, and, I've, and I think that's true for others, man. I, I've, I minister to people where the hardest things in the world have happened to them by people that were supposed to love them. They're able to forgive those people, but when yeah. it comes to the things that they've done, it's so hard. And so inside of this healing agent of this new identity, it's like, okay— I'm going to lower, I'm not God anymore. And this is, this hit, God hit me with this when I was reading his word one time. And I'm sorry about this rabbit trail, but I no, feel good. like this is important no, it's in good. the process. I was reading his word and I was just, shame and guilt were just so, and I was, man, I was, this was probably early on, but I mean, I was, I was worshiping, man. And I was having a good time. And then I'd come back to a place and I'd still have the shame and guilt in me or my flesh would remind me, hey, you remember that thief? Remember that lie you told? Mm. And it was just this, I wasn't worthy of it. I was very punitive. I deserved everything that I got. Yeah. Yeah. And just in God's word, God didn't speak to me audibly, but it was probably just reading his word, which if you want to know yeah. more about God, read mm. his word. And I just felt him saying, Adam, you know that I love you and I died for you. Yeah, of course, God. Uh, Adam, you know that because of that atonement on the cross that I've forgiven you, all of your sins are now replaced with with the righteousness of Christ, your sins for his righteousness. Of course, I know you've forgiven me, God. And, he, and then I felt, <laughs> I felt through his word, he's just saying, then why can't you forgive yourself? Are you mm. yet again, Adam, putting yourself in a place above me, mm. the creator of all things yeah. has forgiven you, but Adam, you can't forgive you? And that was just a new perspective, man. And I was like, oh, so that's a pride issue. Um, and so that began the journey of forgiving myself which began the journey of walking into my new identity. That's good. Um, and man, when you, when you can know who you are and know whose you are, I don't know. I mean, that ministry of reconciliation that he's given us, that message he's given us, I don't give a rip what the world thinks anymore. Yeah. 
daddy, Abba Father, calls me yeah. a saint. He, yeah. he calls me a, more than a conqueror. He calls me a mighty man of valor, yeah. not because of what I've done or, or I could do in my own power, but because of what God wants to do in me. He, he's given me this ministry, this message of reconciliation, awesome. of, of mankind to himself. And, man, that's purpose. And, I don't, you know, you stop caring so much what people think. And when you could do that and you know who you are and your identity, man, it's a powerful thing. That's awesome. Um, it, it's funny you bring up the forgive yourself. I, I talk about that as well. This is something, you know, a lot of particularly combat veterans deal with is I can't forgive myself for this, that, or whatever. And sometimes it's things that were done to them and they shouldn't even be hanging on to it, but sometimes they did things. And I've always described it as it, it's, it's a lot less about forgiving yourself than it is accepting the forgiveness that God has offered to you through Christ. And, it, you know, it's a, it's, it's a language thing, and, and I, yeah. the way you described it, it's, it's the same. It, it's understanding that you're not God. <laughs> so you're if God, God has offered you forgiveness through his son, then you need to accept that forgiveness and stop carrying guilt that God has already paid the price for. And there's a lot of power in that because, again, it's, I'm, I'm holding myself accountable to me. And that's not fair, it's not just, it's not right, and it's it's certainly not helpful. Yeah. I mean, to further that, I mean, again, speaking truth, showing compassion, but sometimes we've got to hear just raw truth. What I was really saying and what you're saying, yeah. Uh, if you're not allowing that forgiveness to happen, what, you're, what I was really saying was, hey, God, that whole dying on the cross yeah. Yeah. didn't work for me. Not good you, enough, yeah. Yeah, you know what I've done? And that is a scary place to like, that's like, no, you've never thought that or done that, but that's the reality of what we're saying yeah. when we don't allow that forgiveness to really, cause that changes things. If you can walk in that, if you can know who God is, yep. that he's, he, from nothing burst forth everything because yep. he spoke. If, if that God has forgiven you and, and calls you his, like mine, mine, yep. it changes things. That's good. And Adam, we need to do another episode because yeah, uh, there's a lot more to talk about and a lot more we could we could deal with here. But um, tell people where they can uh, learn more about uh, S2L Recovery, but also your podcast, all the other stuff you guys are involved in, and and uh, you personally. Yeah, man, and and definitely do want to do. I, I want to touch on uh, another episode just on veterans and some of the some of the things that I've seen that have come through the program. Um, I love veterans, and I, and I feel like I can. I've ne I'm, I'm not a veteran, hmm. uh, but I do feel like I could speak to yep. the addiction piece of it. Yep. Um, yeah, you can find if, if, if they're uh, our all-male facility. Uh, we're licensed and Joint Commission accredited. It's in Middle Tennessee. It's s2lrecovery.org. Uh, we have a podcast called Life After Addiction. Um, we, we, we made a documentary, um, that we, it's really yeah. aimed at the church to, to yeah. equip and also to inform the church that addiction overdose death, uh, is the number one cause of death in our country for ages 18 to 50. Um, and that shows the difference between Christ centered addiction recovery and secular recovery. It's called the forgotten pandemic. Um, you can find that at forgottenpandemic.com yeah. and yeah. And just, just whatever. I don't want to, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. There's a That's bunch awesome. of other stuff, our curriculum yeah. and all that, but man, that's for another time, I'm sure. Go and check out the website for sure, um, and uh, we'll we'll link everything in our show notes as well, so people have access to that. Adam, thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, we need to do another whole episode. Hopefully, yeah. we can do that. Maybe after the first of the year, we can. I'd love that. Hit that again, and maybe uh, a longer one too. It'll be a longer one. We'll we'll fill a whole hour. Or, 
yeah. two hours. <laughs> I told you when you were on ours, I could talk for fifteen hours. Man. We that, could just that, this, we could just yeah. keep going. We'll do a, a mini series of episodes. That'd be but cool. uh, really appreciate it, man. Thank you for uh, for your time. Thank you for what you guys are doing, and um, look forward to doing it again. Likewise, man. Thank you for what you're doing. So grateful for that conversation. And uh, before we jumped off, after we stopped recording, before we jumped off, we already scheduled the next episode. Uh, there is a lot more for us to get to, and we're going to do that. Um, man, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. This is something, as I mentioned in the beginning, that, that touches your life somehow. But to know there is hope, there is purpose, there is direction, so important as a starting point, and then getting a hold of that and moving forward in your own life, helping those in your life uh, that need that help, please go and check out Adam. Check out the work that he does and that his team does, of course. And uh, we'll link to all of that. You'll find the links in the show notes. You'll find the link uh, links underneath the posts about this episode. So please go ahead and check that out. Really appreciate you listening. And uh, we talk about march or die all of the time. There are a lot of obstacles, a lot of trials, tribulations, traumas and bad decisions. <laughs> Today we talked about some bad decisions, but bad decisions that get in the way of us moving forward. And we find ourselves in those spots where it would be easier to stay where we are and die. What do we need to do at those moments? Well, we need to march. Because the better thing, even though we can decide to stay where we are, the better thing is to put one foot in front of the other and march. And we all have the opportunity to make that decision. And I hope that you will. Please go and check out other episodes of the March or Die show. You can find those on Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. You can find uh, other episodes of this show, other great podcasts, including Adam's podcast, Life After Addiction. Please go and check that out. Thank you again for watching. Thank you for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.